0: is the joe and amber podcast
1: that was from the show on wednesday and then joe fortenbaugh took it to twitter he decided to tell the twitterverse that i think that you're a nerd if you played video games and watched wrestling in high school and i will tell you a lot of nerds out there on twitter because a lot of people came after me in my dms thanks joe
2: Maybe it's not so much there's a lot of nerds out there. Maybe it's just that you're the nerd and you're realizing that it's a lot of cool kids trying to let you know, yes, we all play Goldeneye. Yes, we watch a little WWE. And we still went out in the woods and had keggers. It
1: didn't prevent us from
2: getting down.
1: (laughs) I don't think that's true, actually. I don't think that your crew (laughs) was at the keggers. That was my crew who was not busy watching wrestling at home during high school. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. You can get... Get into those arguments on Twitter with us at Amber W Sports at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how to get in touch with us. There's been lots of arguments amongst the Chiefs and the Bengals this week leading up to this AFC championship game. These are two teams ready to talk some trash, Joe. And honestly, this has made the AFC so much more fun than I think this NFC game is. We're going to talk about the NFC championship a little bit later in the show, but the AFC right now, it feels like a real rivalry between these two because yes, we know the history of the Bengals beating the Chiefs three times in a row, but also all this trash talking along the way. I love it.
2: It's two Perfect storylines for championship weekend because they're both very different. You're not hearing a lot in the Philadelphia San Francisco game. It's really just the matter of the Eagles and their elite offense getting ready to take on the Niners and their elite defense. Very quiet, all business. That's how we're going to start the day. Then we get to the loud match later in the evening. Right, It's going to be Burrow versus Mahomes, the AFC's new big-time quarterback rivalry, possibly the next Manning versus Brady, two teams that don't like each other, two teams that despite it being recent history – have history, so it is a great one-two punch for championship weekend. We got the four best teams. We've got two great matchups, and I love the fact that these guys are talking. This is what you want. You want this in the build-up. It's harmless. It's all in good fun, and it's they're delivering for us. This is entertainment at the highest level.
1: One hundred percent, I want it. I don't think James Steele, our producer, wants it because he's our resident Chiefs fan. He's shook with all the topping I think he wants shook. everybody to just shut the heck up. But. I want it as a fan that doesn't have a dog in the fight. I think it's so fun. It's the transparency, frankly, that we don't get often enough in the NFL. A lot of the times, these guys act like robots. I'm here for it. Willie Gay, he definitely did not act like a robot. The Chiefs linebacker, he was asked, What impresses you about the Bengals' offense?
3: I'm just excited to be playing football, man. That's, That's what comes with the game. You know, uh, We, like Coach Reed said, we don't do no talking. We just go handle business when it's time to go. What is it about that Bengals offense that maybe impresses you the most? You've
2: nothing. played it a few times? Nothing. Okay.
1: So we don't do no talking, but nothing impresses me about that Bengals offense. Uh, seems a bit contradictory with what he followed it up with there, Joe.
2: If you're a fan of do you like or dislike this? Like, if you're a fan of the Chiefs, do you want to know that your guys are out there talking? It feels like, overwhelmingly, fans of teams that trash talk don't like it cuz they feel as if their teams giving the other team bulletin board material right. do you really need bulletin board material to get up for the AFC championship game like are we, are, are we under the impression Cincinnati's not really motivated but these words are going to are going to get the Bengals focused on the AFC championship
1: game right but i it does provide a little extra fire and maybe a little bit more of a target on you know Willie really Gaze back specifically in yeah. other words and so it can lead to the emotion of it all You're Right. Both of these teams are going to be motivated either way when we're talking about the AFC championship game. Jamar Chase, the Bengals wide receiver, he responded to Willie Gay's comments.
0: Willie Gay was asked uh, what impresses him about the Bengals offense. Today? He said nothing. Willie, uh, the linebacker. Yeah. What's your to that? I ain't got no response to him. We're going to get him. I ain't got no response. We're going to get him.
2: We're going to get him. <laughs> And that's funny coming from Chase because generally the wide receiver position, that's the position that wants to do the most talking. so I love the fact that he's focused. I'm not going to be the least bit surprised if he blows the top off the Kansas City defense because I know we're going to do game breakdowns later, but the Chiefs have struggled mightily against opposing number one wide receivers, Chase included. He put up 97 yards on him just a few weeks ago.
1: Avtab Hurival, he is the mayor of Cincinnati. He also got in the mix in terms of the trash talking. Here was the mayor on his message to the city of Cincinnati.
3: Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Head Stadium for their second consecutive AFC championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Now, therefore, I, Aftab Pierval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as they got to play us day in Cincinnati. Thank you.
1: I mean, the mayor does have a good point about Kansas City. And Kansas. Nevertheless, uh, the rest of that was fire there from the mayor of Cincinnati mentioning Burrowhead, which is something we've heard now numerous times. Uh, the three and O wins, uh, the paternity test to see if Joe Burrow is Patrick Mahomes' daddy. That is some serious trash talking from the mayor. That's clearly
2: a guy who never played Golden Eye or watched wrestling in high school. That's what that is. He's I- so I'm listening cool. to that. I I don't. It it felt. Anytime you're reading off a script to do trash talk, you're already coming down one or two levels. Like the content can be great, but you got to deliver it passionately. That's what boxers do. That's what fighters do. Conor McGregor doesn't show up at these press conferences reading off a script. He comes in and he is who he is. It's got to be. It's got to be original. It's got to be something that feels like it's coming in an impromptu fashion. But Sitting it's down and reading a message. script.
1: It's supposed to be a message to the city, though. That's why he has to have all the whereas's in there. I was getting Ajita as a lawyer yeah. there. You know, whereas, blah, 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 blah. So it's Get the guy in Nintendo Switch. Horrible. Get him
2: GoldenEye. We'll get him on the oh, right
1: goodness. track. Here you go. Uh, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio to hear us. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh with you. Joe Fortenbaugh, very misguided about what was cool in high school. Chris Jones, <laughs> the Chiefs D-tackle. He also called Arrowhead, Burrowhead. Take a listen to this.
0: What do you do now? you got all the practice in. You've got almost two days to wait for this. What's tomorrow look like for you?
3: Rest, uh, watch a little more film, uh, see what else I can pick up, and uh, eliminate all distractions. Take care. See y'all
4: at Burrowhead Stadium.
1: I like how he just throws it out there on the way out, though. He's like, see y'all at Burrowhead. And it's like his voice starts trailing off because he's going, you know, see y'all at Burrowhead Stadium, just throws it out there on his way out. The Burrowhead stuff, that's got to anger Patrick Mahomes. Yeah,
2: Kansas City cannot lose this game for that reason alone. Like You can lose in life. It, it, you, can, you can learn from your mistakes. You can come back stronger. But the fact that they're calling your stadium burrowhead now before they've actually beaten you, if they come in there and beat you again, like that's it. That will then become a nationwide thing that everyone will say. And the Chiefs will just be minimized. They'll so quickly be minimized in the grand scheme of the AFC. I
4: I hate the Bengals now. Like I hate. Do them. you? Yeah, I absolutely hate them now. Yeah, yeah. More than the well,
1: Raiders. You should have already hated them because yeah. they've owned yeah, you three so. times in a row. So you right should have already now, hated them, frankly, have, by now.
4: There's just just like anger in my stomach right now. That uh, doesn't an that make it more
1: fun though, James? Are you honestly? sure that's not your no, burrito not you had for lunch? No way it makes it more fun stop it makes it more fun you want to i mean even for me as a sports fan when i think when but even when i think about like the the rivalries for my teams you know you want that like you want the visceral hatred you want oh yeah the dolphins got all those great rivalries i miss those rivalries man i miss vinnie testaverde
2: coming back to be
1: honest i'm glad that the jets are are on an upward trajectory right like let's (laughs) let's get back to that like let's get back to those rivalries i'm here for the rivalries i would take the heat and Knicks to actually look like the heat nicks where joe and amber is presented by progressive insurance looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today coming up next are the jets trying to do speaking of the jets what the broncos unsuccessfully tried to do last season we'll get into their hire this is joe and amber espn radio you can also listen to us on the espn app
0: joe and amber the podcast
1: you can always join the conversation here on joe and amber triple eight say espn 888-729-3776 what we like to do a few times every single show here on joe and amber is trying to earn you a little money a little extra cash in your pocket we like to call it pizza money some loose change you're not going to bet your house on joe's advice but maybe you'll earn a little extra cash let's get to it
0: pizza money alert
1: pizza pizza
2: All right, it's Friday during the NFL playoffs, so we're going to go with all playoff props. Today, we're starting with Brock Purdy, quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, going over nine and a half rushing yards. Purdy has racked up at least eight rushing yards in each playoff game so far this postseason. Quarterbacks will run more in the playoffs. I don't have a stat to back that up. Just kind of feels right. Right? Game's on the line. You're going to scramble. You're going to try to pick up the first down. After all, he's in a hostile environment going up against the number one pass defense in the league in Philadelphia. So when things look south, tuck it, young man, and run. Keep in mind, Philadelphia has surrendered the fourth most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks this season. So it's a good matchup for a quarterback who wants to use his legs. Pizza money Playoff prop number one for this fine Friday. Brock Purdy over nine and a half rushing
0: yards. The New York Jets are hiring former Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. He's got a proven track record of tremendous relationships with all the quarterbacks that he's ever worked with. You shouldn't hire Nathaniel Hackett because you think it'll bring you Aaron Rodgers. That's the lesson from the Broncos last
4: year. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that they need on that football team. So this is an outstanding sign to me.
1: That was Mike Greenberg's voice at the end there, getting very excited, far too excited, Greeny has been all week, about the prospect of Aaron Rodgers coming to the New York Jets. And a lot of people now feel like, hey, that's what's gonna happen because the New York Jets ended their two week search for an offensive coordinator by hiring Denver Broncos former Denver Broncos coach Nathaniel Hackett yesterday a lot of people obviously linking Aaron Rodgers to Nathaniel Hackett because of their time at Green Bay and they have a very good relationship also though Joe it didn't happen in Denver. And we kept hearing it was going to happen in Denver. So I'm really not certain why everyone thinks all of a sudden that this is the magic to getting Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. You
2: know why it is? Because you get to talk about Rodgers. That's exactly what it is. The opportunity to talk about Rodgers. You can't make the hire solely because of that. Because if it doesn't work out, Robert Sala's is already in a situation where he needs to show some serious progress next year, not just in the wins category, but with Zach Wilson as well. Otherwise, he's going to be on the chopping block. I mean, everyone keeps telling me Rodgers and Hackett have this great relationship. They were together like three seasons in Green Bay. Yeah.
1: Three seasons. Everyone acts like it's like some, like they've been best friends their entire lives. Was it three?
2: I thought it was two. Maybe it was three seasons. 2019, 2020, and 2021, he was the offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. So there you go. Like, okay. (laughs) Two, three, who cares? Not that many. I mean, my goodness. I'll also say this. Um. In Hackett's defense, some guys just aren't cut out to be head coaches. Some guys are good coordinators who just can't make the transition at head coach. Norv Turner was one of those guys. He was a very good offensive coordinator, but he wasn't a solid head coach. Maybe that's Hackett's bag. Maybe he is a good play caller. Maybe he is a good play designer. Maybe he's a great offensive coach. It's just not his thing to be a head coach. So... Good luck with the Jets. I mean, from a PR standpoint, it doesn't look good to begin with. I'll tell you that much.
1: I mean, I don't hate the hire from that perspective, right? Like Nathaniel Hackett, it, it did not go well in Denver. There clearly were leadership problems in Denver. That's the one thing that concerns me here. But you're absolutely right. I buy into the concept that some guys are built to be coordinators and not head coaches. And so I will ignore the head coaching record there from Hackett. He reportedly got the job by his coordinator resume and by the fact that he had the experience. Apparently, reportedly, Sala had interviewed 15 candidates for the position. So Robert Sala is saying this isn't about Aaron Rodgers. Of course, that's what he's going to say. But in saying that, he did say something that I do feel like is true. He said everybody has a connection to everybody in this league. And that's Probably pretty true when you run in those NFL circles. And so, yes, there is this previous standing relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett, but also Nathaniel Hackett has a lot of relationships, I would guess, across the National Football League, and so does Aaron Rodgers. And again, we didn't see Aaron Rodgers drawn to Denver just based on that relationship. So, I have a hard time believing that is going to be what draws him to New York. Now, maybe there's other reasons that Aaron Rodgers wants to find his way to New York. But by the way, this conversation involves the Packers as well because Aaron Rodgers is under contract. Contract. Keyshawn Johnson, he is the host of a show here called Keyshawn J. Will, and Max. Y'all should check it out. 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, right here on ESPN Radio. He discussed the Hackett being solely because of Aaron Rodgers.
3: Do you think for one minute that they hired a guy who just got fired with the 32nd offense ranked offense in the National Football League? Mind you, the offense got better when he got
2: fired in Denver. Slightly better with a connection to Aaron Rodgers, and the owner of the New York Jets says, we'll do anything to upgrade the quarterback position. We'll pay whatever to whoever, whatever picks whatever. And they went into this like Robert Sala said, oh, we're we, we are gonna look at everything and all this, and we haven't, I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett looked at the quarterbacks that's out there. He doesn't really know yet. We haven't decided. Dude, for one minute, do you think that the New York Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett without the mindset of we getting ready to
1: get Aaron Rodgers. Joey numbers presented to you by progressive insurance. So Keyshawn's convinced it's only about Aaron Rodgers, Joe.
2: I, I, I can't imagine that the hire was made because of that. I really can't, unless they, it's already a done deal. I keep going back to this. If you're Aaron Rodgers, how many teams do you think are interested in bringing you to town? legitimately, like we sit here as radio hosts and we'll kick around teams that might not actually be interested. I think the Ravens are a great fit, but they might be good with Lamar. So that might not even be on the table. But let's say there's five or six teams that are interested. I'd
1: say between five and seven.
2: Okay, so let's go with that. I'm not going to argue that. Let's say five and seven. What makes the Jets the team you would want to go to?
1: Why would you choose the Jets? Everyone says the defense, the defense. You can win a a Super Bowl because the defense is so good. I mean, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play defense, so I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's nice to have that. But it's not like that is probably your first analysis when you're playing the quarterback position. It's probably more about weapons and help in the backfield. And they do have some of that budding there on a very young New York Jets team. He's not a very young quarterback, though. So does he want to go to a very young Jets team that's on the come up?
2: It depends on how close he thinks they are. I, I think they're closer than people realize. If you have competent quarterback play, that team's a hell of a lot better than what we saw last season. They had way below average quarterback play. Like, they beat Miami in the final week of the season if it's not mm-hmm. Flacco. And that's not to knock because you guys were out your starter as well. <laughs> so that's not <laughs> yeah. to knock. But they would have won. I mean, they went to Green Bay and won last season. That Jets team won at Green Bay last season. They just had awful quarterback play all season long. I know people like Mike White. He, he's not an NFL starter. Let's be honest here.
1: I'm sure if Aaron Rodgers wants to go to the New York Jets, then if there's a will, there's a way. And it seems like Green Bay is more willing to have those conversations than they ever were before surrounding Aaron Rodgers. But I don't think that the Hackett hiring is necessarily just dependent on that. Like, that would certainly be a cherry on the top. And I'm sure Robert Sala is hoping that maybe that ends up being the case. But they did spend a couple years together in Jacksonville on that coaching staff. They did have a previous relationship there between Sala and Nathaniel Hackett to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price, price Priceline Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh hanging out with you you can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh, you can find me as well at Amber W Sports, it is time here on Joe and Amber to sound on or sound off, let's do it they
0: said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on sound off with joe and amber
1: patrick mahomes joe burrow josh allen are those the only superstar quarterbacks in the nfl well here is our very own bart scott on get up earlier this week in this league
2: too often we confuse good with star with superstar it is only three superstar quarterbacks in this league it's allen burrow and mahomes Everybody else, are, are, to a certain extent, is a product of a, of a system. Jalen Hurts is not a superstar. And if Philadelphia decides
3: to pay him like he's a superstar, you have to capitalize early on in the first couple years of a big extension because you have to start saying goodbye. Amari Cooper is not there because Dak Prescott contract is. So that means he has to overcome and make Gallup a
4: great player.
1: For Sound On, Sound Off, we always welcome in our producer, James Steele, to throw the hard-hitting questions at us. What's up, James?
4: Yeah, uh, so how many superstar quarterbacks are there actually in the NFL, Joe?
2: Bart's got a point. I mean, Russell Wilson fell off a cliff. Aaron Rodgers didn't make the playoffs this year. Lamar Jackson was hurt down the stretch. And I can understand the trepidation with Hurts. He deserves a lot of credit for what he did this season. But number one, he wasn't very good last year. They got him some weapons. Now he's better. Great. But he wasn't good last year. So we've only seen it over one season. And number two, they've had a really easy schedule this year. So I can see where, where Bart's coming from. I'm not necessarily going to disagree with the three. I think there are a bunch of guys right on the cusp, maybe like a Justin Herbert, but those three are the cream of the crop right now.
1: For me, there's five superstar quarterbacks in the NFL it's those three that Bart mentioned and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers now I understand Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers didn't have their best seasons but once you reach that superstar status it ain't easy to lose especially when you're that level of superstar I mean they're going anywhere and they're being recognized and people are fawning over them and everybody knows who they are heck way more people, frankly, know who Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are in terms of star power and star quality than, frankly, any of those three quarterbacks that you heard Bart Scott just named that probably are superstars in their sport, but maybe don't transcend beyond football. And so I can't even have the conversation when it comes to Jalen Hurts. He hasn't been doing it long enough. He hasn't been doing it long enough to at this level to be a superstar in terms of the NFL or even a superstar in terms of just general world recognition. There's no aspect of Jalen Hurts. He's had a great season, heck of a season. He might win a Super Bowl, fine. We're going to need to see it from him for many more years before I think really he's catapulted into that discussion.
2: Who had a better season this year? Hurts, Rodgers, Brady. Rank him in order.
1: Well, I would say Hurts, but also you did have the injury. He did miss some games there, but we're talking about a player who's about to play at an NFC Championship, so Hurts, and then Brady, and then Rodgers. When you pull the numbers, that seems obvious to me.
2: You're using a lot of past body of work. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just you're really waiting what we saw from Rodgers and Brady in the past. Because if they're in and Hurts isn't.
1: Well, Superstar connotes like superstar, right? Like star power isn't always who's the best. LeBron James is not the best player in the NBA anymore. He's still probably the biggest superstar in the NBA, right? Like superstar to me goes beyond who's just the best. It's who could walk into any restaurant in America and somebody's going to recognize that. Maybe not even somebody who's very in tune with football, right? And probably that's not Josh Allen, frankly. But at least with Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, Anybody who follows football knows those guys, right? I feel like Jalen just became part of this conversation. It just hasn't I can been see long that. Enough, I wonder
2: how many enough. people would recognize Joe Burrow. Honestly, I, that that's one that's interesting. I, I mean, wonder how many people recognize him.
1: Right, those guys don't transcend the sport the way that a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, the, the you know the the person down the street. I'm trepidatious there about saying housewife down the street because I find it sexist. The person down the street who doesn't watch football, then, you know, are they going to recognize (laughs) Tom Brady if Tom Brady walks into the restaurant that they're in? Probably.
2: Well, yeah, Tom Brady for sure. Absolutely. But not Joe Burrow. All right. So maybe you and Bart have a slightly different definition, but your point, his point, both valid points. Interesting stuff.
1: Either way, there's a limited list of superstars in the league. Where are we now? Speaking of the Eagles, Eagles receiver AJ Brown was visibly frustrated on the sidelines during Philadelphia's win over the Giants last weekend. But he swears he's not a diva.
2: I'm never the receiver there to to go on the sideline or to try, try to cause like problems on the sideline. Not that guy. I think I think that's what you can describe as a diva or like whatever the case may be. But I'm not that person. I just feel like I can change the game, you know, in any moment. And you know, getting the ball often definitely just puts you in the zone. You're locked in. And, And, of course, you know, of course I want the ball.
4: So wide receivers kind of get that reputation sometimes. So, Amber, what's the one thing that makes you look at a wide receiver and go, yeah, he's a diva?
1: The one thing, I mean, for it's, it's honestly, it's the personality of the people that play that position, and that ain't a knock on that position, frankly. It's not a knock on wide receivers. It, there seems to be a running theme with the type of personality that is gravitates towards that position and has the athleticism to play that position, and frankly, it also tends to make them really good at that position. So I don't really care if A.J. Brown's a diva at that position, Joe, because divas at the wide receiver position has kind of become synonymous, with like really, really good in NFL history.
2: I'd say what makes you a diva is wearing a 1.3 million dollar watch during a game like OBJ did that one year. I don't know how to pronounce that watch Richard Mille?
1: Richard Mill? I don't, I don't know the jewelry during I'm games thing that. is so stupid to me like we know you're rich what are you doing yeah you know the reason that like the rappers everybody like they floss all the diamonds and stuff. it's because like so that we all know that they're loaded if we don't know who they are right the the guy playing in the NFL game that I'm watching on Sunday I already know you're rich I'm quite literally watching you do the job that makes you rich so I don't really need you to be all flossy in that moment
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that makes you a little bit of a diva if you wear something like that. Also, I think it's kind of badass that he pulled that off because that thing was really expensive. What if it ends up getting smashed? Like, if you're going against the wrong defender, that guy, Marcus Peters seems like the type of guy that would want to put his helmet right on that watch to try to break it at some point. But I don't think Brown's a diva. A lot of these guys are just competitors. And you have to remember, they know that they can change the game. Just like that in one play. But if they can't get the ball, it's got to be incredibly frustrating because every receiver is always under the impression that they are always open. There's never a receiver on earth who's come back like, man, I'm covered. All of them always feel they're wide open. And they also feel if you just throw it in the vicinity, they can go up and get it. Now, when that doesn't happen, you end up going under the bus for throwing a bad pass. But receivers just have a different mindset, man. They always think they're open. They always think they can go up and get it. And when enough time goes by in a close game where they're not getting that rock, they tend to get frustrated. I can understand the frustration. I think a guy like Brown is just a competitor.
1: Something unusual happened during Wednesday's college basketball game. This game was between Loyola and, is it Duquesne? Oh Nessie? my God, Deuce- what? Help me out. Oh no. Duquesne. Really- Duquesne. Duque- is that how you spell
0: Duquesne? Yeah,
1: that's how you spell Duquesne.
2: That's how you Stop. say Duquesne. Oh no. no, that's
1: how you spell it. Apparently that's it how you screen. spell
2: Duquesne.
1: That's how it's spelled, man. That was
2: the worst pronunciation of okay, any I, word I, I I've ever heard from any almost, person in my life. I,
1: I, see, this is the problem with us doing this show and us not having a talk back button to our producers. It's like I can't scream in James' ear. How the heck do you pronounce that word that you just put up on my screen?
2: Ducaneski. Who
1: spells Duquesne like? Duquesne. That's how you spell Duquesne. I have never yes. in my life thought about how you spell Duquesne, it has never, I guess, come to my attention. And apparently I haven't talked about that school previously. Well, Apologies
2: anyways, to everybody who's ever come into contact with or attended the, the yes, great university I, of Duquesne. Uh, the great university of better. Duquesne.
1: I, you do deserve better. I, I'm, I, but also <laughs> spell your, uh, your school better because what is that spelling? Anyways, something happened during the game. Just listen to the play-by-play.
4: And we've got an official's timeout. Somebody came on the floor on the far side, looking for an Uber Eats delivery or something there, he's carrying some McDonald's. Oh, this has to be one of the all-time I, I'm actually not kidding. No, I, no, I this think, is the I truth. I think that's what's happening. This guy's in the corner, looked like he, maybe, was he gonna deliver the, the McDonald's to somebody on the court? <laughs> it was so bizarre I mean if you haven't seen the video You gotta go look it up uh, But this guy just wandering right on It's onto fake the
1: court. It's uh, fake He was wearing a microphone It's the TikTok generation He's trying right. to be TikTok so, famous anyway. Oh really? Yes because like How can you what get happened? into an arena If you're the Uber Eats guy?
2: I don't know, maybe if it's courtside, the guy probably buys a ticket for you, I'd imagine.
1: So literally, you'd have to buy the ticket and then get them to go through security with the food to deliver it to you? I don't know, but yes, reportedly, or at least from what I saw from people at the game on Twitter, he had, like, a microphone on and everything, so people were theorizing it was all set up, which I feel like everything's set up in today's world.
4: All right, so anyway, what would be, like, the most baller place to order Uber Eats and have it delivered to? Uh, Joe.
2: I thought your question
1: was going to be, how do you
2: spell Duquesne? (laughs) <laughs> um, I think you missed the mark a little bit with your question, yeah. but that's okay. I have um, to do one, one really ditzy down, thing so I, every um, show. I, first, I, thing, first thing that comes to mind is the Eiffel Tower. And there's what? I think there's three levels to the Eiffel Tower. The one time I was there, I went up to the first level. I was like, I'm not dealing with this elevator anymore. This is yeah. good enough. Good view. Eh. Let's go have something to eat. But if you go all the way to the top and Uber Eats shows up there with an order, I'd have to think that that's got to be one of the all-timers right there. Yeah, one, that's of the all- one of the
1: all-time I think like the top of anything, right? Like the top of the Empire State Building, the top of the Eiffel Tower, I feel like the top of anything is a good way to go there. I also think that you would have to top of anything. To give so a-
2: what if what if you order Uber from the top of a McDonald's? Is that is that no, a good but like way to the go? The top
1: of a mountain?
2: Yeah, okay, you know, Everest. That's what I'm saying. Everest.
1: Well, if Everest. You know what? That would be a heck of an Uber order, Imagine But I don't. Tip. I don't think you get. I don't think you get service up there. I'm gonna guess. I haven't I done know. it. I don't know why anybody wants to do Satellite it. I have phone. no desire to ever climb Mount Everest. But I feel like there's no service if you do.
2: I think we're on to something. I think if you ordered Uber Eats from the summit of Mount Everest and you did it far enough in advance where this guy knew he was going to have to be close enough to you to summit at the same time because you're limited with your oxygen up there, Mm -hmm. I think that's the ultimate baller move. Uber (laughs) Eats showing up. On the summit of Mount Everest, Uber Eats should pay a couple mountaineers and Sherpas to pull that off and turn it into a stunt for like a Super Bowl commercial. Why am I not getting paid for these ideas? Like right like, there,
1: maybe let's do like Kilimanjaro. I, I don't know if anybody needs to do Everest. That seems a little intense. Tune I am a into genius. An NBA doubleheader. Well, I mean. That right was a now, the bar idea, is set you know pretty it. low with me and Duquesne. So you are the <laughs> resident genius on this show at the moment. Tune into an NBA doubleheader tomorrow night as the Nets host the Knicks, followed by Lakers at Celtics, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 5 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. The NFC Championship game has really taken a backseat to the Chiefs and Bengals. We're going to talk about that next. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
1: Follow him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can follow me as well at Amber W Sports. We haven't gotten to the NFC Championship yet. Feels like it's taking a little bit of a backseat to this AFC Championship. We're going to be getting to that in just moments, but first, let's hit some pizza money. Number two.
0: Pizza money alert.
1: Pizza, pizza. Friday night of the playoffs
2: means all props all the time. Pizza money number one was Brock Purdy over 9.5 rushing yards. Pizza money number two, Bengals running back Joe Mixon under 3.5 receptions. Now, you may think I'm crazy because Burrow played a big role in the passing game throughout the course of the season, and Kansas City does a pretty poor job defending opposing running backs coming out of the backfield. However, however... Samajay Pirine, Mixon's backup, is the better pass protector. And with multiple starters on the offensive line banged up for Cincinnati on the road at Arrowhead with all that crowd noise, you're going to need protection anywhere you can find it. Enter Pirine, who's going to see more snaps than usual. In addition, Pirine's been running more routes than Mixon has in the passing game. So this is priced for Joe Mixon to be where Joe Mixon was earlier in the season catching passes. He's just not going to be in a situation on Sunday where he's going to be asked to catch as many passes. So we're playing under three and a half receptions for Joe Mixon, Pizza Money Number 2. I think the Eagles have a better unit
1: offensively. Hertz keeps fighting for the end zone. What a run! The Niners are clearly the best defense left in this state. Hit from
2: behind, Bosa takes him down for the
0: sack. Joe Burl, I think this guy's got what it takes to win multiple championships. Wide open is Jamar Chase!
2: Forget about at one play to you end your season or keep it going. Mahomes, end zone. he's got another. Patrick still does stuff that you just can't comprehend.
1: So we've talked a lot about the AFC Championship, Joe. It feels like the NFC Championship at this point is an afterthought because we're getting all the trash talk out of the AFC Championship. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. If you missed any of the show, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But, The AFC championship has the rivalry aspect, right? This budding rivalry between these two teams. It has the two best quarterbacks out of these last four teams remaining. But what's odd is I can make an argument that the NFC has the two best teams out of these last four remaining. And yet it's the conference championship and we're not talking about very much.
2: Well, you've got a lot of converging factors here that have elevated the AFC. Number one, let's look at Mahomes' ankle. Star player, face of the NFL, suffers a big injury last week. All week long, we're, we're looking at his stride, his gait, how he's moving around the field. That's a major story to go along with the game. Number two. Two of the most popular quarterbacks in the game, the defending AFC champions. And then number three, there is this story, not to necessarily weave it in, but we've been really overly fixated on these two plus Buffalo because of what happened with DeMar Hamlin. Because after that, and thank goodness he's doing better, but after that happened, there was this entire discussion for weeks about what was going to happen in the playoffs. How was the seating going to work? Who was going to visit who if this game was canceled? So it's been at the front of our mind for quite some time in the NFC. The Eagles were the number one team from the beginning, record-wise. The Niners have won 12 straight football games. Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy, I thought, would be an interesting story because he's the last pick of the draft, quarterbacking one of the best teams in the NFL, but no one wants to talk about it. So that's kind of your quiet smash-mouth game that'll lead off the day. And then you'll get more of the, I don't want to say finesse, because that's kind of an insult to a lot of guys, but I want to say a little bit of more of what I would think would be an up-tempo, spread-it-out, big-play sort of matchup.
1: I do think that these two teams aren't as interesting because of their dominance in part, right? I mean, you mentioned there, the Eagles being the best team in the NFL all season long, the easier schedule, just completely dominant all the way through the same thing with the 49ers down the stretch here. And you mentioned the 12 game win streak and the 49ers to me should be interesting. Like the Brock Purdy story should be easily the best story out of these four remaining teams. And yet it does feel like it's flying under the radar a little bit. I think in part because he's just been playing so well and he looks like he fits in that system. And so it's sort of hard for us to wrap our heads around the fact that this dude is actually a rookie and then he's actually Mr. Irrelevant. We've never even seen a rookie in the quarterback, in the, in, at the quarterback position. In the Super Bowl. That's never happened before. So, not only would it be Mr. Irrelevant doing it, which certainly we've never seen before, but also Mr. Irrelevant in his rookie year doing it, which we've never even seen a number one pick get that done in his rookie year. That is the heck of a story. That's the type of story that movies are made of if he goes on to win the Super Bowl. And yet right now, it's not much of a discussion point. But I do think it's because that 49ers team just looks really good. That Eagles team just looks really good. There's not a ton to talk about on that front. And then also the star power isn't the same as it is for Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And the history isn't the same as it is between Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And with the Bengals and the Chiefs you can actually believe that these two teams hate each other and we just don't have the history the recent history between Philadelphia and San Francisco
2: to your point on Purdy what does he sound like what's he into where did he go to college does anyone know anything about him tough to Not root really. for a guy when you don't know anything about and him. he says
1: he says all the right things he's kind of robotic you know he handles everything well he really handles the moment well. he handles the press well like, he's been thrust into this crazy situation and He just handles it all really remarkably, but there's nothing really unremarkable about the way that he's doing it from that perspective.
2: Well, that's the thing. They all handle it well, but Burrow lights a cigar after a win. And that's cool. Patrick Mahomes has a crazy brother and his wife on social media and all that stuff he has to deal with. He squirts ketchup on everything. Like, we find all of that interesting. We're starting to know more about Jalen Hurts because he had a big breakout season. We don't know anything about Brock Purdy, so how can there be a story? I always said this for years about Mike Trout when everyone said, oh, Mike Trout's the face of Major League Baseball. Mike Trout's so wonderful. I don't even know what Mike Trout sounds like. I don't know anything about Mike Trout other than the fact that he's awesome. Like, baseball's biggest problem is that nobody knows anything about its stars except yes. for Aaron Judge, and that's because he plays in New York. But you got to get the other guys elevated. We haven't heard anything about Purdy. We don't know anything about about him.
1: I just pulled up Purdy's Instagram and it's just pictures of him playing football, largely. Yeah. I mean, it, it tells Serious me business. nothing uh, except for how young he is because the only pictures of him not playing football, he's 12 or looks 12 anyways. And apparently Instagram has been around that long uh, for kids his age. But yes, I, you know, there's really nothing with the Brock Purdy story. I guess that has personalized it for us yet. And and Jalen Hurts to a lesser extent as well. I don't know a ton about Jalen Hurts either, but we've certainly gotten to know Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. If Purdy and Hurts hang around, then we'll get to know them as well. But maybe that is part of it. It's just that quarterback star power in the AFC and our attachment to them as superstars in the league that has made that more interesting.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast.